This Week in HPC by Intersect 360 Research. U.S. passes Signature Chips and Science Act. Oak Ridge National Lab dedicates Frontier. It's This Week in HPC. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening to another episode of This Week in HPC with Intersect 360 Research, distributed in partnership with HPC Wire. I'm Addison Snell with Intersect 360 Research, joined again by HPC Wire's Tiffany Trader and Oliver Peckham. Guys, thanks for joining me. And this week in HPC, we're talking about the Frontier Supercomputer, which we've talked about before, but this week it was dedicated officially by Oak Ridge National Lab. Yeah, that's right. Um, so we we got some last minute o- o- outreach from Oak Ridge that they were holding this dedication ceremony for the Frontier Supercomputer, the first exascale system on the top 500 list. And Addison, you were there in person and you contributed a report uh, for HPC Wire that people can read on our website. But uh, why don't you tell us a little bit more about what the event was like in person? Yeah, we did get this announcement, and I had absolutely nothing better to be doing that day than to be in Oak Ridge for this dedication. It was a nice event. It was a small event limited strictly to 50 people in person due to COVID-19 precautions, and that 50 people included a lot of uh, honored speakers as part of it. Obviously, uh, Thomas Zachariah, who is the the laboratory director at Oak Ridge National Labs. He was kind of acting as the MC, but beyond that, we had speakers. Uh, the uh, Oak Ridge National Lab site office manager, Johnny Moore, spoke. The deputy secretary for Department of Energy, David Turk. Uh, DOE Office of Science Director, as Asafaburhe, spoke. Uh, and then the CEOs and presidents of both HPE and AMD, Antonio Neri from HPE and uh, Lisa Sue from AMD all spoke at the event. And then there were some other honored guests as well. A lot of mention uh, of Barb Helland, who's the DOE Facilities Division Director. Uh, A lot of people thanking Barb directly, and I'll thank her as well. This really felt like a real take a bow moment for Barb. She didn't speak at the event, but she certainly had a uh, seat of honor. And then there was some political support as well. uh, U.S. Representative Chuck Fleischman, who's the local uh, representative at Oak Ridge, was in attendance as well as the lieutenant governor of, uh, of Tennessee, Randy McNally, uh, all at the event. So it, it was an intimate event. It was also live streamed to a broader audience, and it got to be a uh, a nice recognition of the achievement of Frontier and all the work that went into it, but also the science that's going to come out of it. Uh, I was glad to be there. Yeah, we speaking of the live stream, we were tuned into the live stream and you know, they offered a, a recap of the system. I think most of our, our readers have heard these these numbers uh, before, but Frontier achieved 1.1 exaflops on the high performance LIMPAC benchmark. Um, that was conducted just literally uh, two, two, three days before the the, the top 500 um, was announced in uh, that at the end of May, along with the ISC proceedings. That was a few, several people who spoke during the day uh, made made reference to that. You know that it was it was close and cutting it to to the wire. So this is a collaboration between the DOE, Oak Ridge, HPE, AMD. Um, so the folks, of course, these these key luminaries that were there, they said they procured some 16 million parts, 16 million parts to install 70, 74 uh, Cray EX cabinets. 
uh, with 9,472 AMD, AMD plus AMD, so it's CPU and GPU uh, nodes a lot that um, had to use 90, 90 miles of network and cables. Wow. Uh, and, um, you know, that they were the, the first system to break the exascale barrier per that top 500 um, benchmark. Of course, as you pointed out in your article, um, something that was not pointed out during the, the day's uh, proceedings, perhaps not surprisingly, is that there, there is also the matter of these uh, two Chinese systems, which haven't been officially formally announced, but they've been announced in a way which was uh, through um, through some some reporting um, that we've, we've reported on and through the Gordon Bell prize from last year. It was a patriotic event, Tiffany, certainly. And, and there was some rah-rah America, we're number one going on around that, which did conveniently ignore the idea that there could be two Chinese exascale systems already in existence, which would officially make this third. On the other hand, when we talk about 1.1 exaflops on HPL, it's easy to look at that and say, wow, they barely made it. That's 100 petaflops over the mark. 100 petaflops is a pretty good supercomputer. So, uh, and uh, and you mentioned all the parts that had to come into play with this. This was also done uh, amidst tremendous supply chain disruption. Uh, and uh, to get that up and running in time for the benchmark, I think was not only a great achievement, but a tremendous relief to a lot of the uh, laboratory staff, the Department of Energy, HPE, AMD, everybody involved. Uh, it, was, it was certainly... Um, a hold your breath moment down to the end. And uh, and I, I, I'm glad that we're seeing it on there. It was time to have an exascale system on the top 500 list. And that's where we are with Frontier. To be clear, the barely making it wasn't uh, exceeding the exaflops threshold by 100 petaflops, which is, is actually significant. It was that they were down to the wire with regard to, to benchmarking in time to stand up the system on the uh, on that May top 500 list. Uh, and, and indeed, you know, doing it in a time of um, unprecedented uh, supply chain challenges. As part of the event, the media members such as myself got to go on a tour of Frontier and it's 74 HPE Cray EX cabinets. And these are kind of double wide cabinets that open from the middle. Uh, that was led by Gina Tarassi, who's the Division Director of Computational Sciences at Oak Ridge National Labs and the Project uh, Program Director, Justin Witt at the uh, Oak Ridge Leadership Computing Facility, or OLCF. And it was great to spend the time with both Justin and Gina and, and really enjoy the uh, tremendous accomplishment at Oak Ridge. But beyond the achievement of turning on the system and getting installed itself, what I liked most about the event was the focus that was on the science that's going to be coming out of the Department of Energy Office of Science and the research that's going to be enabled by Frontier. And we've already had some recognition of the types of applications that Frontier is enabling. Yeah, and at least one of the uh, six Gordon Bell Prize nominees for the main Gordon Bell Prize, we haven't seen the nominees for the special prize for uh, COVID-related computing, but at least one of the six nominees for the main Gordon Bell Prize, prize this year uh, ran their research on Frontier. So really excited to see that make its debut uh, for the Gordon Bell con uh, contention. Yeah, I really liked that 
part of this. I'm looking forward to hearing more about the applications, particularly as we go into SC22 and Gordon Bell. But I mentioned um, as Meredith Berhe and her talk focused primarily on the, the types of applications. She's a climate scientist in particular and talked about the energy exascale Earth system model and how they're going to be running that at exascale. They're already doing um, some material sciences work in addition to the climate modeling. That to me was what really felt the best. Uh, and, uh, and that's where I think we really... Uh, uh, measure a supercomputer's worth is in terms of the uh, the research and the new frontier well frontiers that are going to be pushed uh, by the new system and uh, and it really was a, a terrific achievement in that sense as well. Now, also this week in HPC, we're talking about some things that happened uh, uh, over the previous month. We haven't done a podcast uh, recently. We've been off a little bit during the summer, but we've had uh, some landmark legislation coming out of the current administration. And let's start with the U.S. Chips and Science Act. That affects HPC directly. Why don't you tell us about that, Oliver? Yeah, absolutely. You know, Addison, you said that the event you went to was a little bit rah-rah America. We're number one. We've had an uncharacteristically productive month in uh, U.S. politics, and a lot of that is going to have big bearing on uh, HBC. The Chips and Science Act, where, where the CHIPS part of that is a backronym for Creating Helpful Incentives to Produce Semiconductors, is uh, just over $54 billion towards shoring up the American semiconductor supply chain. Uh, The vast bulk of that goes towards constructing new domestic fabs, but there's also double-digit billions for uh, research and development, uh, hundreds of millions for the semiconductor workforce, uh, and a bunch more baked into that bill. Yeah, this is an interesting act, and I, I think the the most immediate beneficiary of it is Intel. Although AMD and Nvidia are certainly benefiting as well, and there there are going to be other downstream beyond that. But here's what goes unsaid. Here, if we were saying in the previous story with regard to Frontier, no one's making mention of China. I think here it's really obvious the geopolitical implications of if we've got uh, chips that are being fabbed in Taiwan, then what's the hedge against some sort of major geopolitical shift in the uh, status of our ability to do business with Taiwanese companies. We've got China surrounding Taiwan and having military exercises. I think the, the, the nation is looking at what's the hedge against a potentially more belligerent China and where semiconductors are sourced from. And I, I think even even outside of that scope, I think that's a really great point, Addison. You think even outside of that scope, you know, the pandemic has really shown that nobody wants to be bidding for a third party. Everyone wants to be able to have the necessary capacity within their own walls. Yeah, I think that's true. And we look at all of the ways that chips are used. It goes well beyond supercomputers. We've reported a great deal on the effect of the hyperscale market and all of the the semiconductors that have to go into these top tier uh, cloud and internet types of companies. And you know, where do those come from? Uh, Intel has already announced a lot of its intents to uh, manufacture chips in the United States. And this is meant to revitalize uh, an industry that used to be a lot more American driven. 
President Biden, in fact, pointed out this in increased research and development funding is going to ensure the United States leads the world in the industries of the future. That was a quote from uh, Biden during the uh, event itself. And he talked about how uh, America invented the semiconductor and uh, uh, and over 30 years ago, America had 40% of the global production, but now it's barely 10% and trying to bring that back into the United States and, uh, and repatriate that part of the innovation, I, I think is really um, uh, well emphasized in terms of the CHIP, CHIPS Act. Yeah, that, that $54 billion that's, you know, the CHIPS Act part of the Chips and Science uh, Act is um, going to be parsed out in a combination of grant money and tax credits. Uh, Intel, as you said, will be a, a, a expected to be a big benefactor. There are uh, there are others, Fab and Fabless outfits. Um, it'll it'll be really interesting to see exactly how that money is allocated and to which companies. Uh, Intel on the recent earnings call, the CFO said that uh, they don't expect to see any money uh, in 2010 or 22, but they do anticipate seeing it in um in 2023 so um i think that's like the time frame when we can start to expect to to see what's um going on there but you know this was a really uh, big high level number there's another 225 billion that is a lot of that is going to to science um just to, to, to science efforts and uh, you can read more about that and in, in coverage on hpc wire from john russell for the science part of that. Yeah, that really interested me that the CHIPS Act goes well beyond chips, uh, not just cash for chips, is uh, John Russell's article on HPC Wire and definitely worthwhile in terms of reading. But then that's not all. Oliver, you were mentioning it's been a productive month for uh, Congress and the Biden administration. And this isn't the only major act that's affected high-performance computing. We in the HPC industry were really geared up on the CHIPS Act, but then after that, the Inflation Reduction Act came behind that, now signed into law, and that has implications for our industry as well. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, uh, the CHIPS Act, Chips and Science Act has been a big focus for us, but probably for the Biden administration and Congress right now, the Inflation Reduction Act is a, is a much larger and more important initiative to them, and it does include some very computing relevant uh, provisions. It includes uh, around four hundred and forty billion dollars in investments, as well as around seven hundred and forty billion dollars in raised revenue from increased taxes and enforcement and that sort of thing. Um, inside of that is a lot of climate change action, a lot of healthcare reform, uh, and obviously the climate components of that can have implications for HPC. Uh, but there are specifically uh, earmark provisions here, $164 million for advanced science, scientific computing, uh, as well as hundreds of millions for lab infrastructure for the national labs, and hundreds of millions towards nuclear physics research, fusion energy research, basic energy sciences, isotope research, all fields that we definitely expect to be using supercomputing over the coming decade. Yeah, that's interesting to see that money going to the DOE laboratories, including the $164 million for advanced scientific computing, because as you were pointing out prior to us hitting record on this call, Oliver, the, the price of the computers is sourced separately. So this would go toward facilities and staff and other things that support the uh, computation. So there is... Um, 
Uh, and that's not including the 583 million for general lab infrastructure, which you point out in this article. If I'm being cynical about it, there's some of the things in there that I look at and I say, okay, I'm not exactly sure how $158 million for isotope research directly relates to reducing inflation under the Inflation Reduction Act. Now, maybe it does, and I'm just not a good enough economist to, to see that. I, I think it's easy to say, hey, I'm in favor of reducing inflation. So, let's go do these things. And when I look at these programs, I like these programs. They're good for our industry. Some of it, I think, might be a bit of a misnomer, or maybe someone will explain to me later why it's not. It certainly will affect the economy. <laughs> I think also worth calling out here, uh, $3.3 billion towards uh, NOAA, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. And that includes another $190 million for high-performance computing, data processing capacity, data management, and storage assets, all in service of NOAA's climate and weather missions. And of course, there are additional, uh, I think, hundreds of millions going towards their research programs broadly, which will, of course, involve supercomputing as well. And I'm going to risk going and touching back on, on the topic. You know, I think bills often have acts, bills often have official names, and then they, they have the, uh, the commonly used name. And this, in the news, you know, the, the, um, you'll, you'll commonly see this referred to as the as climate bill. There's, a, there's definitely a lot, a lot of that in there, as you were just pointing out with the NOAA figures, Oliver. Definitely. Well, it's been a patriotic month for high-performance computing. I was really grateful to Oak Ridge National Labs for having the event, having me to the event. As always, our listeners can catch up on all of these stories and more on HPC Wire. Oliver, Tiffany, thanks for joining me as we wrap up these stories. We'll be back with more this week in HPC. You've been listening to This Week in HPC, brought to you by Intersect 360 Research, actionable market intelligence for high-performance computing. For more information, visit intersect360.com.